From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. What's up? Welcome into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Your place now for the number two team in the nation after a resounding Georgia takedown of Oregon. Brian, I know you're excited. It's Sanford week. We don't we won't dwell on that very much, but Kirby Smart said Georgia had one of its worst practices on Tuesday. Uh, of course he did. Ryan, I'm counting on you since this to make sure that this is not one of the worst podcasts uh, we've had. Can you can you ensure that? Well, you know, after that game the other day, uh, I knew there'd be no letdown in the podcast because uh, we bring it every week. You know, got a bulldog bulldog matchup, and uh, I, I can see though how the Tuesday practice after that shellacking could be a little lackluster. Doesn't matter. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. And we have this debate every every time there's a game like this. I think we had Aaron Murray on our podcast a couple of years ago, and Georgia was about to play a Samford of the world or something. We asked, you know, would they be looking ahead to South Carolina? And he said, absolutely not. But you got to think there's some stuff being drawn on the board about what South Carolina is doing, don't you? Um, yeah, I mean, they've had, they've had the offseason to – the coaching staff to work on that. I, I don't know how much. They're probably just, after grinding all preseason, probably, uh, you know, trying to get these guys geared up for the SEC and, and then, of course, uh, you know, for Sanford's air raid. <laughs> um, hey, let's uh, wish a quick happy birthday to Vince Dooley. Turn 90. I sang in the press box. Where were you at? I was right next to you in the press box. Was I singing? Uh, yeah, I couldn't you even You were clapping. You were clapping. I couldn't even hear them singing because they got the, the uh, press box uh, window is, 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 very, is not open air, much, so you yeah. can't hear what's going on out there. But I think Ray Goff I saw was sitting with uh, Vince Dooley in his box, so uh, I don't know exactly. That, always, that continues to be the feel-good story of Athens is when all those coaches get together. you got Ray Goff, Mark Rick here, you know, Kirby, of course, here. Vince Dooley still hanging on there, so that's nice. All right, before we dive into the Georgia-Oregon game and some of the repercussions out of that, Brian, did you see the uh, Brian Kelly uh, clip from the press conference yesterday at LSU? I did. Uh, so there's a reporter, I guess. I guess it was just one that came like in. A young, uh, it was a young female reporter. Yeah, I came noticed. in a little bit late, or maybe maybe they start, I don't know exactly how it worked out, but uh, Kelly was trying to kind of cut it up and said, uh, we're going to, you know, start a kitty uh, where maybe throw kind of a ten, kangaroo court, like throw, throw like $10 in basement. a pot and uh, have a party at the end of the uh, season at his house with all the money raised for people that reporters that were late. And uh, how did she respond, Ron? She said, if you start winning, I'll be on time or something along those lines. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, two takeaways from that. If Kirby did that and it followed through on it, I'd be late to every press conference, right? Kirby, and, Kirby would never. And two, yeah. <laughs> I took it in jest. I, you know, I'm all for defending the reporter, but. Uh, you took it in jest for what she said? No, for what he said. I thought he was joking yeah, with her, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of giving, giving her a hard time, you know. I don't think he was really upset or trying to make fun of her or anything. But. D- different personalities. I think. I think. Uh, you know, Kelly has uh, had some attempts at humor uh, at his time in Notre Dame that also kind of uh, fell flat, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the right way to respond for the reporter. Um, 
I guess it makes for a viral moment. So I think I actually heard her today ask a question on the uh, SEC teleconference, and Kelly just answered it normally, and they seem to have mended fences if there was. Uh, uh, you saw Did you see her tweet on, you know, uh, on Twitter, of course, where she had said that they spoke and all was yeah, well and, and all that, that stuff. So I didn't see that. Right, Georgia basically picked up where they left off last year. Uh, this is a national championship caliber team, it looks like. I know we're, we're basing that on one game, but sure, the defense gave up some yards, uh, but only gave up a field goal. That's it. Another late game goal line stand like we saw last year, it seemed like uh, a few times. The offense seems more dynamic. This is uh, after the 49-3 Georgia win. Stetson Bennett efficient, throwing safe passes, quick passes. Many behind the line of scrimmage just over it, threw a couple away of others. Um, obviously hit A.D. Mitchell downfield on, on the uh, touchdown pass and allowed Kenny McIntosh and McConkey just to make people miss. Uh, is that a uh, game plan that will work, you think, week in, week out? I mean, if it's not what they're giving you, you know, I think I think Georgia just did a great job, and I'm sure Todd Munkin relayed the message of what he was seeing from Oregon, and he was like, hey, let's just, this is what they're giving us, let's take our chunks, and then we can go down the field later in the game. I think, you know, I just, we came into the season knowing that Georgia had a lot of returning weapons on offense, uh, led by Stetson Bennett there, who's a, I mean, what, six-year quarterback, with you know obviously an intelligent player and when you when you take what they were giving their day with dump downs to Kenny like you said to to Ladd hitting Darnell Washington who seemed to be an emphasis to get him more involved in the offense last year obviously Brock Bowers was the go-to man it seemed like Darnell was kind of pushed but not the other day they really made an emphasis to get it to Brock and I'm telling you this offense that we assume could be really good when they go, what, seven for seven on touchdowns, mm-hmm. the first seven drives, mm-hmm. that's incredible. And I think, and back to your question, I mean, Georgia's going to do whatever the defense gives them, and I think they'll be successful no matter what that is and against who. What do we know about Oregon, though? Is this just not a very good team? They fell out of the top 25. I guess it's hard, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think a lot of teams might end up, you know, maybe having a similar fate uh, against Georgia. I mean, I'd be curious to see how South Carolina does, uh, you know, versus Georgia. We saw it happen last year in Athens. Um, but, I mean, Dan Landing, I saw in a clip, was not happy with how they practiced on Wednesday. Uh, maybe similar to what Kirby said. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Oregon, Oregon looks like at the end of the year, but certainly uh, – much worse showing than we probably would have expected. You know, it, it's a weird situations every time there's a new odd losses. What Vanderbilt, right? The Georgia Tech game at the end of the year. You know, those are just uh, growing pains that every team has to go through with a new coach. And it's been dissected a little bit what Kirby said in the press conference that we were in after the game, right? That Georgia just has better players, and Dan Lanning knows that. He won't admit it, but he knows it. And I think that's where they're at and until he can recruit a couple more times and look at what happened with Georgia and Kirby to get the guys in there that he needs to to play the way that he wants to there's gonna be some growing pains I think we saw that in game one I mean that's a that's a tough game for Dan to be thrown into right there against his former team in Atlanta all the way across the country uh I think Georgia you know played really well and one of the top two teams like they should be ranked right now uh but I mean, there, there's going to be some hiccups along the way for Dan in his first year. Lanning uh, said, I guess it was uh, Monday, that 
uh, Kirby said to him after the game, hey, you know, I had a similar deal uh, in 2016, my first year. Was trailing 31 nothing at halftime to Ole Miss, and oh right. I pulled up the box score because that because I didn't remember it was that big a deficit, but sure, sure enough, it was, um, and that, that was a butt kicking. I, I do. Wasn't there that. a uh, there was a missed field goal, a blocked field goal? It was just a disaster in every aspect of the game. All right, other takeaways, uh, 37 passes, 25 rushes for Georgia. Um, I haven't really been using the term RBU much lately anyway. I know a lot of people, you know, pump that up. I mean, obviously, Georgia did have uh, James Cook and Zamir White go in the draft, but it's not like they haven't been throwing the ball around either, as we saw with Brock Bowers last year, uh, you know, putting up those really incredible tight end numbers for a Georgia tight end, um, setting a record with 13 touchdown catches for the program. But what about that? that balance do you expect you're going to see this team throw it more than run it uh more than uh you know more often than not again i think that todd munkin and 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 the offense is just going to give what the other team's taken or uh, is given take what the other team is giving and you know there was some made of it the other day that hey you know they wanted to really highlight stetson maybe you know let him uh, go out there and prove his worth but again when you think about this is to to um, Kenny McIntosh, that's basically a run, isn't it? I mean, you, you're, you're giving the ball to a running back cut and, the line. So. You see, I think you have two or three little flip passes that count as passes that are really runs. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think, again, they're going to be selective. And they can they can pound it at you. I mean, with the Kendall Milton, Kenny, uh, you know, Day John gets in there, uh, runs a little bit. Or, you know, if, if – what they're seeing is a, a packed box. They'll uh, spread it out a little more. So I, I, I don't expect I don't expect them to get up there and run it down the team's throat unless they have to. And then I don't expect them to to throw it all over the yard unless they have to. So again, I, I do think they have such a talented offense uh, with so many weapons that they can be fair and balanced and do exactly what they want to when they want to. Let's talk about Stetson Bennett. Uh, good chance to plug a little story. Uh, it's going to be on our game day cover Saturday. Pick it up at uh, wherever you get your Athens Banner Heralds. Ryan, where do you get that? Can you get that at the, uh, the Publix, the Kroger? Yeah, if you're in Athens, should be at any of your grocery stores, uh, many of your convenience stores. I mean, I get it home delivered, so that's why I'm asking. Hey, if you're walking around downtown, there are boxes around downtown. I think there might even be one or two All on right. campus. So, yeah, pick up your uh, Saturday copy of the Athens Benner. I, I wrote about Stetson's kind of, uh, you know, all he's been through since his last home game, which was uh, he went through senior day ceremonies. And, um, you know, you know that he obviously has had uh, quite a uh, time with the NIL market. He's made almost a million dollars, his uh, representatives tell me, um, and had a chance to talk to the uh, Blue Angel pilot that flew him uh, the day, I guess, the part of the Vidalia Onion Festival. You ever been to the Vidalia Onion Festival? No, I would, though. Yeah, I like to, I'll take some a little. Uh, I bet there's some banjo picking at that thing. You know, uh, cook up a little onions, throw it on a little omelet in the morning with some peppers and some maybe some sausage. All right, now my stomach's going to start growing. Uh, anyway, uh, it's interesting to talk to him about kind of what it was like to be with uh, – the, the, the pilot is a Wisconsin fan, but um, was a uh, thrill for him also to, to have Stetson go through that. Uh, you know, I think it was 45 minutes that they, that they flew. But anyway, Ryan, here's a question. By the way, check that out. It's a, it's a uh, well, I got a question. It's, that, a, it's a subscriber only story. So you can get a uh, very good deal on a subscription 
for it was like six dollars for uh, or, or I'm sorry, what is it a dollar for six months? Six months, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to ruin your story if you mention this, but like Stetson didn't pass out, didn't vomit, none of that stuff in there. Or is that in the story? I guess. I mean, you could check. You got to read the story. All right, I got you. Um, all right, here's a question: Stetson Bennett, who got some praise this week from a lot of folks, including Dan Mullen, the uh, now ESPN commentator. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Jim Nagy, the Senior Bowl executive. Uh, is he more likely a Heisman winner or an NFL starting quarterback? Because people are talking about him as being a guy that can be drafted now. I think if he keeps playing like he did the other day, he'd be a Heisman winner. Uh, if he doesn't, then he loses both, <laughs> right? I mean, if, if he wins the Heisman, he has better odds of making the pros. I, I still think there's just that – that feeling that he he's too small and and people are just never going to shake that no matter what he does at this level and how many times have we seen a Heisman Trophy winner though not be successful or not be able to go on and and play at the highest level or fail once they get there so you know like you did say it was good praise by the Reese's uh, Senior Bowl guy to to really say what he did on Twitter the other day and and hopefully Stetson gets a shot man just give him a try I think what would hurt Stetson is He'll be 26, uh, you know, early in his uh, rookie season in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, you're not going to – I don't think you're going to be using an early-round pick necessarily for somebody at that age. But uh, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, we talked a lot about the tight ends. All preseason, uh, two catches each. But, boy, Darnell Washington with some hellacious blocking. Uh, Georgia used those guys a bunch in two tight end sets. And you throw the ball out on the perimeter like Georgia did, and you have – you know, six seven, two hundred seventy pound Darnell Washington. There, I mean, look out. I mean, he looked like he was hurdling on the one hundred and ten hurdles on that one play. And you know, if you're a cornerback coming up, then the only way to tackle him is going to be hit him around the shins. So, if he, I mean, if they keep doing that, he's just going to keep making highlight plays. Yeah, like when that. I judge those um, hurdles. I don't want the guy to get too low because then you're not really – now, Darnell did get airborne, obviously, uh, impressively. But, like, I've, I'm trying to remember. Was it Noshan? Noshan in 07 against uh, but, but, Central Michigan. Where the guy wasn't all the way low. I don't remember. I also feel like if you hurdle but you stub a toe didn't, and only get, like, six more didn't yards. did Chubb do some hurdling too? Or Sony? I can't remember. Uh, I remember Gurley down the sideline. Gurley. And then uh, DeAndre against uh, Notre Dame, DeAndre Swift. All right, looking forward. Ryan, I'm coming up with a story idea for him. He needs to do a five best hurdles from a Georgia player. Yeah, and I think I've been in the stadium for the, all the ones I can think of. I was a student when Noshan did his hurdle against Central Michigan. You remember the stink that caused because it wasn't a top ten moment on Sports Center? Hey, you know, you know what was a top ten moment? Yeah. Malachi Starks, number six. Uh, Saturday night for his interception. That's true, yeah. Ryan wrote a story about him Saturday morning saying, look out for this guy. And uh, so Ryan's, you know, if you want to know what's going on with the uh, lotto or whatever, you want to check with Ryan. Yeah, it was somewhat prescient. I'll give a, I'll give the, uh, a little bit of a shout out. The fact that he was a local kid, so we definitely want to highlight him being from Jefferson. Malachi Starks played uh, safety, played in the slot, led the team in tackles with eight. Very impressive, and um, you know, didn't have any obviously glaring mistakes. But what about that interception? Yeah, like you said, number six on the Sports Center top ten. Uh, funny thing, I was watching him specifically on a couple of those plays, including that one, because I, I thought that if 
Oregon got the opportunity, they were smart enough to try to pick on a freshman safety like that. And he saw the guy kind of going down the line, and he took off sprinting and got back there and just made one of the best interceptions you'll ever see. And, I mean, definitely a, a top ten worthy moment there. And you can't think of a better way to kick off your college career and uh, get the Bulldog Nation in your favor right from the start, I tell you. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if he overtakes Dan Jackson as a starter sometime soon. I, I, I mean, pretty much overtook him in that game, if you ask me. And you're right about starting, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it feels like, you know, maybe Dan will get uh, – maybe keep getting the starts, but he's definitely <laughs> competing with uh, Malachi for snaps. I know that. Christopher Smith was the one that was the SEC co-defensive player of the week. He's rock solid, uh, kind of under the radar t- to a certain extent. Um, but first game interception, just like last year against Clemson. Let's hit on some other things before we uh, move on and uh, you know touch on some other quick topics and then do our picks. Uh, Carson Beck, 5 of 6, 71 yards and a touchdown. We did not see Brock Vandegrift. I imagine we'll see both those guys this week, given that uh, Sanford is a 52-point underdog. Um, but Beck was, uh, Beck was solid. They, they uh, scored a touchdown with him as well. Yeah, he looked good driving him down the field. and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if, if it comes to it, I think George is very confident in whoever they throw in there at backup. Stetson Bennett, how long will he play this week? I say he's – he's uh, you won't see him in the second half. No, I was going to say, yeah, halftime. But, I mean, you know, if it's a 42 nothing kind of beat down and four or five minutes left in the second quarter, it might be Carson Beck time. Hey, Brett Thorson, the punter, one punt, 53 yards. <laughs> Looks like he wouldn't necessarily even play. Uh, after seven touchdowns on seven drives, um, they treated him like a hero. Like when he came to the sideline, he's like, I mean, maybe he's a great locker room guy, but they were thrilled for him. I guess if you come all the way from Australia, you want to get a little action. Hey, and a shout time. out to the Oregon fans, right, for having a sense of humor when he trotted on the field and they gave a sarcastic applause to their defense finally stopping Georgia. Kudos to them. Georgia had a plan for Amarius Mims. Uh, he played right tackle. They moved Warren McClendon to left tackle. At times, other times, it was Mims and Broderick Jones. They also had a plan for Devin Willick, who also came in, played some right guard. This is their offensive line that is seven deep. Uh, and I don't mean you're going to a seventh string. I mean, you've got two guys on your bench that they're really going to count on. Um, you know, it could be a long season for Georgia with 15 games, they hope, and they're looking like they have that possibility. And you have a guy like Mims that's a special talent that came out of the transfer portal to come back to Georgia. You want to work him in. Yeah, and Xavier Trust got the start, right? Yeah, right, guard. Uh, Xavier Truss was a starter at left guard. Left guard. And, right uh, guard was Tate Rowles. Tate Rowles, that's right. Michael Williams also got a start at defensive end as a true freshman out of Columbus, Georgia. The uh, flip from Southern Cal um, had some pressures, but relatively quiet. Um, but it says a lot about him that Georgia has him out there. Kirby Smart has him out there in game one. I mean, they know that this is a guy that's a three-year player. Why waste time? Get him on the field. You know that he uh, can really help you. I guess the Trayvon Walker comparisons were, were you know, pretty accurate as far as what they saw in, in pre, preseason practice and all. And uh, uh, Yeah, I think he played just about as many snaps as uh, anybody else on defense. So, very impressive. Actually, the um, your boy uh, Starks, Led all defenders in snaps with 
52 maybe? Yeah, I saw him out there a lot. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I did keep a closer eye on him, but uh, well worth it. I mean, he played some, uh, you know, great defense, uh, you know, pass defense and came up and made some licks. So. Bonix threw two interceptions, but no sacks for Georgia. He's, he's pretty elusive. Nolan Smith, uh, Michael Williams, and Robert Beal brought the pressures. Uh, Beal nearly, uh, well, he did help force a, a throw that Tresmond Marshall should have picked off and didn't. Um, but you worried about the pass rush or uh, not? not really? Oh, no, I think they'll be quite all right. Everything about that defense was, uh, was pretty impressive the other day. We saw uh, Kamari Lassiter start at the corner opposite Keely Ringo. Had a personal foul on a uh, tackle where he pretty much pile-drived the guy. Uh, <laughs> I him. That's a little far, right? I feel like that's, you got to have the head between the knees and you know, throw him down like that. Was, he just lifted him up and set him down. But they're looking for that kind of stuff to, I mean, did you, did you need to go that, that far? You knew it was kind of on the edge. Unnecessary roughness. Um, you're saying you would not have flagged him. I think, you know, and looking around the press box there, everybody, and I, granted, we're on, a, we're on the side of a lot of Georgia reporters and not saying anybody's unbiased, but it did seem to question it. People were like, I don't know about that one. All right, Tyke Smith uh, coming on a little bit at nickel. Uh, Javon Bullard started there, but the former West Virginia safety who battled a couple of injuries last year, including a torn ACL. Kirby's uh, looking for him to be able to put some pressure on Bullard, just give him more depth. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Smile Munden his first time out? Yeah, you know, that's a guy I didn't really check back on his stats or anything, but uh, there was one play in particular I do remember that he was just uh, like a like a lightning bolt out of nowhere and came up and, and made a tackle. And, I mean, well, he's a five-star recruit out of uh, Paulding County who, I mean, that was one of those guys that was a top 25 player out of high school and just waited his turn. And, yeah, I expect a lot out of him. And, and yeah, he, he's going to be – He's going to be one of those guys this year, one of them dudes along with Malachi. All right, 306 uh, or 310, 315, something like that, uh, yards after the catch for Georgia. I've seen different uh, variations based on, I guess, how you, you do that. Even I think uh, the online scoring system that we use in the press box was different than the final book that came out. So I don't even know which is accurate. Uh, but I can say that uh, Georgia just, you know, these receivers – Ryan's looking outside as we record this. Not great at weather, but uh, those guys just made a lot happen, as we mentioned, uh, get him in space. So we don't really need to belabor that point, but uh, a couple things uh, before we get into our picks. Uh, Georgia basketball schedule is out in the SEC. Are you looking more forward to Mike White going to play at Florida, Severe Wheeler coming to Georgia with Kentucky, or an SEC opener versus Auburn in Athens? I think Severe coming back. Uh, they didn't get that last year, right? He, he, the Georgia played at Kentucky. Yeah, and he didn't play. He was injured. That's right. That's right. So I, I will be interested in the student reaction toward him, the fan reaction. I think people like that guy. I don't think people dislike, but I mean, you know, if you consider yourself a huge Georgia Bulldog basketball fan and your best player, uh, you know. What, what will he have? Will there be one teammate from his time here? Shoot, now you're – I can't think of anybody off that team. Who would it be? Um, the walk-on. How about Jackson Etter? That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, no, Jack, I call him a walk-on. He might be on scholarship now. I think they were one under. But All right, last thing. Kevin Kisner makes the President's Cup team, the uh, Georgia uh, alum. Um, 
you know, President's Cup is not the same as a Ryder Cup, not as prestigious, but did you look at the list of some of those guys? Um, For the U.S. or the international? Or both? Some of the U.S. team. Yeah, you had Jordan Spieth on there. You had uh, Cam. Any, uh, any live golf players? I don't think they are. Of course are. not. They can't be. Oh, they're not allowed to the Because it's President's a PGA Cup? Tour event. Is it really? And, uh, so they could be in the Ryder Cup, though. Yes, but here's the thing. A couple of those international players, like uh, I think Piero, uh, yeah. the guy that blew the uh, PGA Championship, I think he's leaving right after to go to. So there's still some hard feelings. There's still some hard feelings out there. But, yeah, congrats to Kisner, who's been on this show a couple times, I do believe. Once. Okay. Well, we'll get him on again. Yeah, um, hey, should we, we never took a break. Should we just roll right into the picks, or you want to take a break? Take a quick break, and then we'll come back and do our picks. I'm kind of uh, – don't want to reveal how I did last week because I lost a lot of money. Oh, in you'll Vegas. have to reveal it. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back. All right. We are back, and we're going to give you our weekly picks for this week. Uh, first, we'll review how we did last week. Ryan, uh, still looking for that steakhouse burger that you say I owe you from last year? I don't know. So far, you're going to win this year, though. I know that. How'd you do last week, Ryan? Five and eleven. And the bad thing was, as I was going down through there, I was Wait, like five and eleven. That's one for my first ten. There were sixteen games. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I went eight and eight, so I got an early lead. But Ryan is probably going to be like the Braves, where they kept caught up with the Mets. So Ooh, uh, yeah. I say that. Uh, we'll see how the rest of this week's plays out. All right. Let's start this off, and uh, we're going to roll through these because. Uh, we're recording this uh, on Wednesday evening, and i got to get to practice. And it looks like it's about to storm, so don't really want to drive through, mm. you know, they golf cut, balls falling. They might cut practice early or cut it uh, off early. I'm not, not worried about yeah, that. Yeah, that they got an indoor facility. <laughs> Alabama, Texas, the Tide are favored by 20 and a half on the road. Um, I will take – did you see, by the way, the quarterback at uh, Texas, Quinn Ewers, got a uh, ticket? I did see that. Got not a ticket. He got his, his car towed during the game. Mm-hmm. That's that's that probably would have happened at Alabama. I'm just saying. I'm gonna take Alabama. I went against them last week uh, on a big number, and I think they're gonna cover this time. Hey, I'm right there with you. You know, uh, Texas ain't back yet. Missouri at Kansas State. It's the Tigers getting seven and a half. That freshman wideout uh, that Georgia went after and did not get. Uh huh. Uh, he uh, is quite impressive, but I still am going to take Kansas State at home. Yeah, I was going to pick Kansas State straight up in this, and I believe they'll cover, what did you say, seven and a half? Yep. I'm going with you there. All right, it is South Carolina, Arkansas, Georgia's opponent. Next week is the Gamecocks. Razorbacks by eight and a half. I, I put uh, Arkansas, I raised them up to like number eight on my poll this week after beating Cincinnati at home. I think I have them highest of anybody in the country. I noticed that. I was going to shoot you a text and say, Wait, you saw did that? you go a little too high? Yeah. Hey, Pittman was nice enough to do a phone interview last <laughs> week, so maybe I was, uh, or two weeks ago, maybe I was, uh, you know, persuaded by that. You, you got that jukebox. You're, uh, you want to you hear him to play I'm going to take music. Arkansas at home against the Gamecocks. Um, I feel like that's a tough place to go play now with the way Arkansas is playing, as Cincinnati just saw. So I'll take the Razorbacks, give it eight and a half. Well, dang, man. We're three for three on picking each other. So I, I believe in Arkansas and your boy Sam Pittman. Wake Forest is at Vanderbilt. So the Deacons are getting back Sam Hartman. Vanderbilt, 2-0. Uh, and oh, So praise to the Commodores. I'm taking the Deacons, giving 13 and a half. Okay. Let's go Vandy. Let's say they've turned the corner a little bit and can keep it within 13 and a half at home. Now, are you writing your picks down on there? I'm trying to. All right, that's good. That's I good. Know. North Carolina's at Georgia State. 
What's what an odd scheduling. <laughs> at App State followed by at Georgia State. What are they doing? Tar Heels gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter and won at App State. Tar Heels are favored by seven and a half. I will take North Carolina to cover that number. Yeah, I think North Carolina covers as well. Speaking of App State, they're going to Texas A&M, and the Aggies are favored by 18 and a half. I think App State's going to get – I think they're going to be a little bit beat up from that North Carolina game. Uh, I'll take the Aggies at home to lay in the 18 and a half. That seems like a low number to me. So I would go Texas A&M as well. Tennessee's at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Vols are getting six and a half. And Pittsburgh coming off the uh, win of, against West Virginia in the backyard brawl. I will take the Vols getting the points. I've kind of been on the uh, Hendon Hooker and the Vols bandwagon. I picked them to finish ahead of Tennessee. I mean, ahead of Kentucky in the East, so I'll take uh, the Vols. That seems like an odd line. Six and a half, you said? Yep. At Pitt? Yep. Give me Pitt all day, and I think they're going to win straight up. Iowa State is at Iowa. The Hawkeyes are favored by three and a half. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I was having a really hard time scoring some points. Mm-hmm. But I think Iowa wins this one and covers. They win 13-7 to because <laughs> uh, they usually have a good defense. So I'll take the Hawkeyes, given those three and a half. All right, I'll go the other way. I'll say Iowa State. Kentucky's at Florida. The Gators by four and a half. Um, that's a team that, you know, you beat a really good Utah team at home in the debut of Billy Napier. Your quarterback looks terrific, and um, this is an important SEC East matchup in week two. I'm going to take Kentucky getting the points with Florida and their fans really probably sky high still from beating Utah. I was thinking that same exact thing when I made the pick. And do you think Kentucky will just cover, or do you think they can actually pull the upset in there? I haven't gone that far. I'm just taking getting the points. (laughs) I'm going to take the day. No, I think Florida might win by field goal. I think Kentucky covers and wins this game. I, I, could win. I, I, I just think the, yeah, the, the Gator hype is a little too high right now. Kent State is at Oklahoma. The Sooners are favored by 32 and a half. Kent State just lost at Washington. They will be coming to Athens in two weeks. I'm going to take Kent State getting 32 and a half to uh, come within that, that frame. No, Oklahoma kills them. It's like a 52 to 10 game. Georgia Southern is at Nebraska. The Cornhuskers are favored by 21 and a half. A lot of frustration at Nebraska. They got a big game coming up with Oklahoma, I believe, in, in, the, in maybe the next couple of weeks. Georgia Southern is not going to go there and cover that number. I'm going to take the Huskers, lay in the 21 and a half. No, give me Georgia Southern going there and, and represent the state pretty well. All right, it's Baylor at BYU. The Cougars are favored by three and a half. Um, I'm going to take Baylor getting the points, even though they got to travel a good bit. For that game, like what uh, Baylor's done the last couple of years. Yeah, and Baylor a top ten team right now. So I, I think they, I think they go into BYU and, and I mean, not only, I don't I don't consider that an upset, but I think they went straight up and would obviously cover the three and a half. All right, two more games: Mississippi State at Arizona. The Bulldogs favored by ten and a half. That is a lot of points. Uh, you might remember last week, Ryan, I took Arizona I going to San Diego State. Yeah. And they pulled it off. I'm going to take the Wildcats at home not to win, but to come within the 10.5. So Mississippi State's favored by 10.5. Correct. Right Man, I have to agree with you there. That's a long trip for a team I don't trust all that much. So, uh, yeah, give me Arizona as well. Our last, last one, Georgia giving 52 to Sanford at home. We're not going to break this down, this game down, 
because I mean Sanford did have a ten point win over Kennesaw State, mm. but I'm gonna take Sanford getting fifty two. Now the reason I say that, I don't think Kirby wants to run it up on his former boss, the guy that hired him at Valdosta State. I think he wants to have a little respect. Now I say that he kind of ran it up against Dan Lanning, didn't he? That's very true. Yeah. I think Georgia's gonna win forty nine to nothing. No, this seems like one of those. They're going to score 49 points every week. This seems like one of those 62-3 games that Georgia will jump out 45-0, and then you bring Carson in, and then Vandergriff might have a shot and and uh, really build on a already blowout. So give me Georgia to cover that. And is this even a legal bet? Like, you know, is it on the Vegas boards, or do you have to find it in some I back think some alley? of them. Vegas yeah. Insider is listing it. Ah. I just think Chris Hatcher and Kirby Smart, look, the Hatcher family knows the Smart family. I think there's there, there's some uh, you know good history there, um, and also, why would Georgia really need to like go too deep into their pay- playbook, right? You're not going to show too much, so maybe you're going to have more time-consuming drives. I don't think they have to show too much. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> they just run it up the middle every time and get 10, 12 yards a pop. Will there be a a player that's kind of a star for Georgia that? will be held out i don't know you give me some inside tips some tea leaves you're reading no i don't know hey i, I remember i guess it was the spring maybe that a david pollock or a thomas davis would be like not participating maybe on a, on a spring game but yeah. this is this is not exactly a spring game but it's not too far away yeah yeah you're right now i say that sanford did uh they lose like 70 to 50 to florida last year didn't Sanford upset? Weren't they the ones that up? No, Jack State upset FSU last year. All right, everyone. This is, uh, this is it for the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. This week, we'll be back next week for South Carolina Week. And I uh, hope everyone has a great weekend as uh, the national champion Georgia Bulldog reigning champions will uh, have their home debut. And uh, imagine fans might be jacked up to welcome them back. <laughs>